Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. From the Liquor Barn Studios, it's time for the V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Bobby V. Not quite Bobby V, it's Zachy C, and today I'll be in on Wednesday as well. Nick Kern will be in tomorrow. Uh, Bob and Nick taking some time off at going down to Disney World, you know, like they won the Super Bowl. So, Nick, uh, congratulations. What are you going to do next? You're going to Disney World. So, congrats on the Super Bowl MVP. I, I know you won that. Uh, not Patrick Mahomes. It was actually Nick Valvano. Everyone knows that. So, uh, <laughs> I hope those guys are enjoying their time down there. I've got Tanner Brunamesto behind the ones and twos. It seems like being Tanner or connected at the hip are, now. Are we taking over? I, I think we might be taking over. You said it, not me. <laughs> but the records show. He said it, not me. <laughs> but I guess we kind of are. Four three seven nine six eighty, the UPS Jobs text line. Uh, I want to appreciate. I want to thank everybody. I appreciate everybody who texted in last week when I was uh, filling in for Louie. Louie was on vacation last week with uh, Rabo and Co. So I filled in there, and we got a lot of great responses. So I appreciate that out of everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in throughout the week. Hopefully, you stay with us here on ESPN 680-1057. We're leaning up into the round table with Round Daddy. That's coming up from 3 to 6. We take you local every day from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. on these very airwaves, ESPN 680-1057. We got a lot to get into. I mean, they say once football season stops, that usually means we slow down. Not really. I mean, we've got the NCAA tournament coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, we've got... Uh, the newest, dumbest controversy there is in all of sports, and of course, we'll get into that. I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier with uh, Rabo and Co., but we'll get into the whole court storming and everybody's thoughts on that, which uh, you can probably tell that I think it's ridiculous. Um, Shane Gillis hosted SNL. Obviously, we got to get into that because that's a V show staple. We talk nonsense, and you know, we're doing lists, we're going to do SNL, we're going to do a little bit of everything. So. So that's what we're going to get into here on these very airwaves, here on the V-Show, ESPN 680-1057. So where do we start today? Where do we start? Do we start with... I don't want to start with the whole court storming thing, because I've seen it on ESPN way too much this morning. Um, we could... I, we got to start with Kentucky. I think we, that's what we got to do, because as Louis said earlier, Kentucky, they are who we thought they were. You know, the famous Dennis Green line. They are who we thought they were, and they showed on Saturday why this team is so fun to watch, why they're so interesting, and why they're so maddening all at once, because that's what this team is. They're interesting, they're fun, they're maddening, because you don't know which version of Kentucky you're getting. 
Are you getting the Kentucky that showed up against LSU and gave up a 15-point lead in the second half? The the Kentucky that went on the road against South Carolina and completely no-showed? Are we getting that version? Or are we going to get the version that we got the last two Saturdays? And they did it in distinctly different ways. Against Auburn, their defense stepped up. Held them to 59 points. Outmuscled them. Played kind of an ugly game. And they won. And that was, at the time, the biggest win of the season. It still might be, because it's on the road. And then Saturday, we saw a completely different version, where they just made everything, essentially. I mean, Justin Edwards, on Saturday, looked like the greatest basketball player of all time. Because he shot 10 for 10. I was going to say, that he finished 10 for 10, right? 10 for 10, wow. 28 points. Justin, This is the version of Justin Edwards we've waited to see all year. And this is why people have talked the way... We have about Justin Edwards all season. And to a degree, we talked about lessening his minutes or maybe, you know, as you lower the bench or you start making the bench less have less, less depth as the season goes along, that maybe he would be kind of the odd guy out. And it turns out he's not. That looks like it's Aaron Bradshaw, who played five minutes of a game that Kentucky led by 37 at one point in the second half and won by 22. They shot 63% overall, 41 of 65, 13 for 24 from three. Some would say that's a winning formula. 22 for 26 at the line. So yeah, when you shoot 60%, 54%, 84% from the field, three-point line and free throw line, you're going to win. You're going to win the majority of the time. And what makes this so dramatic and compelling, you told me before the game, Alabama is going to shoot 56%. They're going to go 21 for 27 at the line. They're going to out-rebound Kentucky. And they're going to score 95 points. You probably would have said that Alabama would win. But here's where this helped out Kentucky. Kentucky struggles against teams that like to play slower paces. They struggle against teams that play half-court games, that make you defend for 30 seconds. That's not Alabama. They want to run up and down the floor just like Kentucky does. They want to shoot in the first 10 or 15 seconds of the shot clock just like Kentucky does. So... The idea that Kentucky won this game and did it the way they did really shouldn't surprise a whole lot of people because they play the same style of basketball. It's just that Kentucky has guys that are going to be picked in the top 10 and Alabama doesn't. Sometimes we all talk about talent. Sometimes talent it's just that simple. Sometimes talent is just the answer. And we haven't been able to say that too much this year about this Kentucky team the way we should because they've had these bugaboos against... UNC Wilmington against South Carolina against LSU last week. But this time, talent won out. Talent won out, and it's become clear that this team can play with anybody in the country, but they could also lose the first weekend. That's what I think it was Entz that made the comment on the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show on Saturday night that was... I'd be more worried about this team if the, let's say they're a six seed, for instance. I'd be more worried about them losing to the eleven seed than the three seed. If they can beat the eleven seed, they'll beat the three, no problem, because they get up for the bigger games. They struggle with the games that they're supposed to win. Uh, Texter, the uh, they're the unpredictables. Yeah, they had, there was the unforgettables back in the nineties. This team, the unpredictables. I like that line because that, that's a pretty that's an apt way to describe this team. They are the unpredictables. And that's why they're such a compelling watch. Uh, Texter, got to get into the reports over the weekend that KP or Nolan is privately telling players individually he's coming back. Oh, we'll get into that. Don't worry about that. We'll get into that. But we got we start with the winners here. 
Uh, Texter, hello, guys. Get, you can say that about every college basketball team. Some will show and some, then the next game they don't. That's a story this year. I mean, you're not entirely wrong. I think there's only about three or four teams that we can definitively kind of trust. Purdue, UConn, and Houston. And I don't completely trust Purdue, but this season, I do, to a degree. I'm not ready to... Once they get in the tournament, I'll get nervous. But as far as just this regular season's concerned, they've been that good all year. But that's that's not that's not wrong, Texer. That's not wrong. Texter is uh, Calipari the ultimate the all time ultimate proof that Jimmys and Joes are better than X's and O's. Yeah, you could probably say that. Except he's only won one national championship. If Jimmys and Joes are all that mattered, then he would have three or four titles since he's come to Kentucky because they've had by far the most talent of any team in college basketball the last 10 years or so. So X's and O's clearly matter. And we've seen teams that are far less talented beat Kentucky because Calipari's been outcoached. But he wasn't outcoached on Saturday. And doesn't it seem odd, Tanner, and I'll bring you in on this, doesn't it seem odd that every guy that gets rumored for the Louisville job, Chris Beard, Nate Oates, they all run up against Kentucky, and then Kentucky swats them away like a bug. So maybe besides if you're besides Lamont Paris, besides Lamont Paris, I don't think he's he's in the running. But I don't think people have really talked much about him getting the Louisville job the way that they've talked about yeah. Nate Oates or Chris Beard. And Kentucky didn't have UCLA on the schedule, so they didn't get to drop <laughs> Mick Cronin. But I mean, if it, it, these guys are doing the ultimate uh, job interview, you know. You're losing to Kentucky. Oh, qualified oh, to be the Louisville coach. <laughs> I, 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 I knew the tweets were coming once. It was I saw Edwards was 9 for 9 or something. I was like, oh, yep, yeah, here we go. Oh, he, he fits the bill. He should be the Louisville coach. There I, you go. I mean, I'm not saying I don't want him still, but like that was devastating to watch. Yeah. The search is still on. No one's a front runner right now for us. Texter, a lot of teams this year show up and then they don't. True, but those teams don't have five to seven NBA players. Yeah, that, I think that's a good way to look at it also. is Yes, there are a lot of inconsistent teams in college basketball because they're 19, 20-year-old kids, but when you have that much talent, you should just be able to overwhelm some teams that they have not been able to overwhelm. That's a problem. But this is where the talent shows up. This is where it can be a benefit. And it's very possible that you know, they could end up being a five seed and they take out a one seed in the Sweet 16. Would that surprise anybody? Because they're probably going to be the more talented team than just about anybody. Like, right now, let's say Kentucky ends up playing Houston, Sweet 16. Let's say Kentucky's a five seed, gets to the Sweet 16, Houston's the one seed. Is anybody going to try and tell me that Houston's more talented than Kentucky? They're not. They're not more talented. They're better coached. Kelvin Sampson's done a great job and he should be up for the Louisville job when we talk about coaches that should be in that conversation Kelvin Sampson's not getting much attention probably because of his age I think James Black is the one person that actually has been like I want him and yeah. no one else has been talking about it they, they absolutely should he absolutely should be in the conversation Kelvin Sampson has been the final fours at Oklahoma and Houston Oklahoma as we know not a basketball school that's a football school and what he's done at Houston after you know they had the whole fly slam and jamma era they were dormant for 30 years. And then he goes down there, they get a new stadium, and you've seen what's happened since. They've been, in the, been to a Final Four. They were a one seed last year, probably going to be a one seed again this year. Uh, Texter, Kentucky's going to be the four, five, or six seed that every one or two seed doesn't want to see in their region. I, absolutely. No one seed's going to want to see Kentucky in the Sweet 16. 
or no two seed's going to want to see him in the Sweet 16. No doubt about it. But they could also just go ahead and lose to a 12 seed, and then we don't even have that conversation. That is very much entirely possible that they lose to a 12 seed that's a mid-major because that's what this team's been all year. But the thing that gives Kentucky a chance in the tournament and the thing that has been a common theme throughout college basketball history for teams that win championships, great guard play. Kentucky has that in spades. You've got Antonio Reeves. I've gone on and on about Antonio Reeves. He's maybe, he's the best guard in the SEC. I think he could be a first-team All-American, and I think he might be the most underrated player in the country. And he plays for Kentucky, which is crazy to think that you're underrated and you play for Kentucky and you're their best player. But he is underrated. You've got Rob Dillingham, maybe the best ISO one-on-one player in college basketball. A guy that any night can drop 20 points, drop 30 points. We saw it against LSU. He had 21 in the second half, and if you know they get a rebound, Rob Dillingham's the hero of that game. Reed Shepard, the last three or four games, hasn't really scored, but he dished out six assists, grabbed six rebounds. He does all the little things right. Reed Shepard's a guy that's also capable of just taking it to the basket, scoring 20, 30 points on a given day. DJ Wagner, he's maybe the most intriguing player along with Justin Edwards. Those two guys are maddening. And they're probably the ultimate face of this team this season for this reason. You don't know which version you're getting. Justin Edwards, this has been in him for a little bit. Justin Edwards quietly has had some pretty good games recently where he's had flashes where he would score seven points in a minute. Or he'd go out and drop 15. There was a moment I actually thought uh, Justin Edwards was Anthony Edwards' brother. I had to look it up to and I was like, oh wait, he's not. But he played like him uh, this Saturday. He sure did. Justin Edwards... 28 points, 10 for 10, 4 for 4 from 3. And it wasn't just that. He was making great defensive plays. He was active all over the floor. He was the best player in the game. It was not close. And this is a game where Antonio Reeves shoots 7 for 10 and has 24 points. This is a game where Big Z comes off the bench. 7 for 11, 18 points in 20 minutes. And that's another... If Big Z can turn this around, we've said Kentucky needs a consistent big all season long. If it's him, woof. They're going to be hard to stop. And it's clear, their best scoring lineup right now, Kentucky needs to have the three guards on the floor as much as they can. Reed, Reeves, and Dillingham. They have to have those three on the court as much as possible. But if you add Justin Edwards and you add Big Z, that's been their best starting five as far as scoring output all season long. And that start that those that five-man lineup needs to play more. That is your highest ceiling five-man lineup. And Aaron Bradshaw is a guy that's getting phased out. He played five minutes, made one basket. He's just, Aaron Bradshaw does nothing on the court. I'm sorry, he just doesn't. On Yenso, you feel his presence most nights. He'll get rebounds, he'll swat away a couple shots, he'll do something. Big Z, we just saw it on Saturday. Behind the back passes, going to the basket, making threes. You feel his presence when he's out there. Aaron Bradshaw, there's no presence. Aaron Bradshaw, I don't know if he plays. If I look away from the television and he's up out there for four or five minutes, I wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. I'll give you the other guy, and I'll go come back to DJ Wagner because I kind of teased him a little bit. DJ Wagner shot one for seven in this game, but he had four points, he had four assists, and he did a decent job defensively against Mark Sears. And that's the guy that we were all concerned about coming into this game was Mark Sears. He had 20 points, but they were pretty quiet 20 minutes, or 20 points, rather. They were pretty quiet. He didn't go off. 
at, this is what Kentucky needs to be. They, they're just going to have to outscore everybody. We know their defense isn't necessarily great. But if you can string together a few stops the way that they did in this game, and yes, Alabama scored 95 points. Yes, they shot lights out. Is it really that big of a concern that they scored 95 points when you score in the hundreds and your defensive intensity probably isn't there for the last 10 minutes of the game? No, I'm not concerned about that. They did a good enough job defensively in the first half where they were able to pull away. And then give Calipari, I'll give Calipari credit on this. He starts off the second half. They're up uh, 16 at halftime, 58-42, because they took a point away. It was 59-42. They took a point away at halftime. It was 58-42. They start off the second half looking sluggish. And Alabama gets a couple of quick baskets. They cut it down. It was 20. They cut it down to 14. Calipari calls timeout. Calipari, at times, has waited too long to call a timeout, waited till the other team got in a rhythm. He took, took way too long against uh, LSU to call a timeout. When they got into a rhythm, when that game was 42-27, he didn't call a timeout until LSU had cut it down to four, and then they were already in their momentum, and they ultimately came back and won the game. Calipari called a quick timeout, got everything settled down, and that's when the lead ballooned. That's when it got up to 37. They just wiped Alabama off the floor, left no doubt. That's a sign that this team can just... They can turn it on at any given moment. They can go on a 20-5 to run. They had a couple of runs in this game. I think one was 17-2. The other was 20-5. to You do that, you don't need to be a great defensive team. You don't need to dominate the entire 40 minutes. You get on those kind of runs, you can play with anybody. Uh, Texter, why in God's name would Kelvin Sampson leave Houston to go to Louisville? Half the coaches being named, I don't see wanting to come to Louisville right now. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, why would he leave? Wrong. He's 68 years old. He's got a great job down in Houston right now. They're in the big. They just transitioned to the Big 12, and they're about to probably win the Big 12 in year one. You could say that about Oates, Beard, Samson. Like I, I, I have a hard time believing Beard will also leave. I know there's a lot of hype about behind him too, but I don't think he wants to leave another program and try and rebuild another one because he's already doing. A, yeah, wouldn't say well job, a very good job at rebuilding Ole Miss, mm-hmm. Nate Oates just came from Buffalo to uh, Alabama and look at them. It looks like they might be a basketball soon school in the near future. I know that's a crazy statement to make, but they have been very competitive the last two, three years. Yeah. They're building a very good program. It's, it's really hard for me to see like one of those coaches step away and be like, all right, yeah, let's go rebuild Louisville. I know it's a very, 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 very sexy job. It was the biggest reason why I've never thought of Scott Drew as a serious candidate. Because Scott Drew did the greatest rebuilding job in the history of college sports down at Baylor. Why would he want to go do that again when he's already established that program and what they are? Texter in slight defense of Cal. He, unlike no other coach in America, has five months to pretty much build a team from scratch. There's generally no carryover or continuity. Well, you can't just play the we have a new team every year when that's Calipari's design when he wants to have four or five guys get drafted every year and be one and done that's great but then you can't complain about having no continuity and no carryover you still have to develop those players you can't play both sides of the fence there but uh, I'll give this texter credit he said on Tuesday Kentucky does the same thing as Alabama just with better players UK by 10 good good call except uh add 12 more points but good call as far as you know they had the exact same team Kentucky just had better players so 
Good job calling your shot there. Uh, Texter, I just think DJ and Bradshaw were massively overrated. Even DJ's defense has gotten blown out of proportion if you ever watch him every possession. Yes and no. I would say Bradshaw, yes. We know what Bradshaw is. He just He's not there. The thing about DJ that I'll give him, they haven't won a game that DJ hasn't played in. We can't understate how important he is. Is he the best player on this team? No. Is he one of the three best players in this team? I don't think so. But his value is certainly there because look what happened when he didn't play against UNC Wilmington. Look what happened when he's coming back. He didn't play against South Carolina. They got their doors blown off. And it wasn't all because of him. But when you don't win a game that DJ Wagner doesn't play in, that says something about DJ Wagner. It has to. Uh, Texter, it's wild that Big Z either looks like Hakeem Olajuwon or he can't tie his own shoes, no in-between. Yeah, you could say that about a lot of players <laughs> on this team this year. Uh, seems like, Texter, I'm starting to come around on Gandolfo's theory of Patino versus Cal in the first round. Well, St. John's won a couple big games this weekend, so they're starting to get back in the conversation. You know if the NCAA can get that matchup, they're absolutely going to do it. And we're going to talk about Rick Patino later on because, I mean, it's crazy what coaching and you know sometimes calling out players will do to them. They played so much better. There's there's a guy here that doesn't do that, and they haven't played better. But we can get into that later. Uh, Texter, won't the University of Louisville fans wait until job opening because it's making you all look like a bunch of fools? No. they've Look, Louisville's had coaching talk since the season began. Last Even before year. then? Yeah, <laughs> last year. They've been building this list for two or three years now. Um. Keep them texts coming, 437-9680, the UPS Jobs text line. It's the V-Show, Zach Cantrell filling in today. We've got Tanner Bruno Esto on the ones and twos, uh, doing a great job just like he did uh, last week, helping me out with Rabo and Co. Uh, last week while Louie was on vacation. So We're getting you through the week here. I'll be here Monday and Wednesday. We've got, we'll have Nick Curran in tomorrow. Uh, actually got a day off yesterday from SMH because Nick had to do a uh, noon game that Louisville's women's team apparently didn't realize that the game was at noon. And Phil, of course, just had his baby, Chloe. Congratulations, Phil. So we, a rare the first Sunday I've had off, I think, since I got here? No, I, I started doing SMH around this time last year, so around there. So we had a day off. I, I think Nick would probably have rather gone ahead and done the show than the game yesterday, knowing how that turned out. But how about Jeff Walls just gathering his team at midcourt and saying, congratulations, you managed to lose back-to-back home games. That's coaching. That, that's, there we go. That's Patino-esque. That, that's exactly what Rick Pitino just did last week to his St. John's players, and it's crazy how the St. John's players responded, and I guarantee the women are going to respond. And I'm sure that every parent of those players loves that Jeff Walls did that. Uh, Texter, we've also lost plenty of games that DJ did play in. Yeah, that that's true. But we've also lost plenty of games that Reed Shepard played in or Rob Dillingham played in. You can insert whatever player you want. So... I'm just saying, DJ Wagner has some value. Maybe not as much as we thought he was going to have at the beginning of the season, but he's got value. But the key to me for this whole team is going to be Justin Edwards. If Justin Edwards shows up, and he's not going to replicate what he did on Saturday. No, he's never going to shoot 10 for 10, 4 for 4 from 3. Probably can't do that in practice. Probably couldn't do that in the gym by himself with no one around. Probably couldn't do that again. But if he goes out and has 15 points... A game, if he could go out 10, 15 points a game, five rebounds, because that's he's fully capable of doing that. He's got the size that you would want. He's got the ability to take the ball to the basket. He's become a better shooter. If you Justin Edwards can get just give you 12 points and five rebounds every night, 
This team can go for places. Oh, they, go I, ahead. I was waiting for him to like get across the half court line and just rip a uh, a logo three and then miss it and then turn to Cal and be like, "Sorry, coach, I thought I was God or something for a moment." Like, <laughs> no, he's not going to do that because he knows he's perfect. He wants to keep that perfect streak as long as he can. So, you know, you got to miss. If he missed a shot, then yeah, by all means. But when you're perfect, you're taking the easiest shots possible because you want to stay. I have a 100% shooting percentage for the entire game. That's something you can brag about forever. But we know what Antonio Reeves is going to bring to the table. We know what Rob Dillingham is going to bring to the table. We know what Reed Shepard's going to bring to the table. If Justin Edwards can give you 12 points, 5 rebounds, and have the occasional game where he goes off for a 20-10, and 10, Kentucky could play with anybody in the country. And I'm sure you could say that about a lot of teams. But that top four and Big Z, that five-man lineup is their highest-scoring lineup of the season – Every time they're out there, they seem like they're doing something because you're, you're playing with four guards. And I think that's something that Calipari will probably do the rest of the season is play with four guards. Play a smaller rotation. Play a smaller lineup unless they're playing a team like Purdue because they need to dictate the tempo. If you play this team and you're tr- going to try to beat Kentucky, if you're going to try to beat them in a full-court game, you're not going to do it. You're not going to beat them in a high-tempo game. You're not going to beat them in the 90s and the 100s. You're not going to do that. You've got to play Kentucky in a half-court game. You've got to play them in a low-scoring game. You've got to have a certain tempo of, we know what we're going to do. We're going to make them be physical. We're going to make them defend for 30 seconds. Then you can beat them. But Alabama learned, if you're going to play this kind of style and try to beat this team, you're probably not going to do it because their talent will overwhelm you. And that's exactly what happened. Texter, Louisville got Patino even after a stint in Lexington. It's Scott Drew or bust, in my opinion. Well, and I think in that case, it's going to be bust, my man. I really do. I don't think Scott Drew's leaving. Why would he leave Baylor after he rebuilt that program from you know having players actually murder each other? And it was one of the biggest scandals in the history of college sports, or just sports in general. And he's turned Baylor into one of the most consistent programs in the country. They just won a, they won a national title a couple years ago. They've just got a new court. Why would he leave? You you have to offer him certainly. You got to throw the book at him, give him some money. But I just don't see why he would leave. I, I think I said it last week. I think it's more likely that Louisville will hire a mid major guy, and there's nothing wrong with that at all because if he can, I just always like to look at Danny Hurley. Yeah. Guy built up URI. He brought them to, I think, three tournaments. They got up to the Sweet 16, I believe, one year. Maybe the round of 32. But URI is nowhere close to being any sport school ever. No. <laughs> they, but I, it's not crazy to think that they will probably grab a mid-major guy. Maybe Lamont Paris. Like, I, maybe. I think, I think the big names are not going to be coming here, sadly. But I, just, I don't either. It's okay to not have a big name. I want a program builder. I want someone that yes. gives a damn on the sidelines. The big big names are great to have until they don't work out. You, you like to have guys that can develop a program. I mean, they all start somewhere. Very rarely do you get a big-time job right out of the chute. You, you usually build up and build a couple of programs, and then you get the big job. The one thing that's guaranteed with a big name, though, is fans will be back in the seats. I think fans are going to be back in the seats oh, regardless no of matter head coach what, yeah. next year. I think they're going to be... They can bring me out and the fans would come out. <laughs> Anyone yeah. but Kenny. I'm just no, kidding. I'm just can. kidding. If they're not Kenny Payne. So that's all that matters as far as that's concerned. I think the fans, they've been waiting a long time to see decent basketball. They'll come out. Uh, 
Kyle Tucker tweeted this out. Per Evan Maya's data, the Rob Reed Reeves Edward Z lineup is the best scoring five Kentucky's played this season, which I mentioned earlier, but said also not shocking. The top three and four of the six best scoring lineups all include Rob Reed and Reeves. Of course they do, because that's your best offense. Those are your best offensive players. It's clear when those three are out there, you have at least three threats to score. You'd like to have at least four threats to score. And that's why when you played both Bradshaw and Onyenso against LSU, that's why their momentum just declined because you're playing three on five. You're not worried about Onyenso or Bradshaw doing anything offensively. You need to have at least four guys out there that are a threat. And when you've got those five on the floor with Edwards and Big Z, those are five guys that can score. And that is tough to handle. When everybody's a threat, especially Big Z, the way that he can spread the floor because he can shoot from the three-point line. He can run a pick and roll. And I know as Texter mentioned earlier, he's either Hakeem Olajuwon or looks like he's never tied his shoes, and there's something to that because Big Z's had plenty of moments that he hasn't really been a factor. But when he's a factor, the ceiling of this team goes up dramatically. And that's why Big Z coming back and getting his NCAA eligibility was such a big deal earlier in the season. Texter, good Lord, Bama has no defense. Also true. There was a graphic during that game. It was the 315th ranked defense against the 317th ranked defense. And watching that game and watching the North Carolina-Virginia game side-by-side, because I was in here running the Bellarmine game, so I watched them both side-by-side. Those two teams, don't. those two games, that wasn't the same sport. North Carolina-Virginia, Alabama lost by 22 points, and they scored only three less points than North Carolina and Virginia did combined. Well, uh, I think the line for the over-under was 175, and looking around the country, I think that was probably one of the biggest over-unders this biggest, year. It was the biggest over-under since 2019. Oh, oh actually? In five years, and they smashed it. I was going to say, it felt like the easiest over ever. It was. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah at halftime. You I was like, was 175, that's a big number. Yeah. Ah, smacking the over. <laughs> oh, no, you de- definitely take the over. Uh, Texter, Scott Drew replaced Cal, not KP, if Top Button Mitch is still in charge. I... Scott, I think, would be more likely if he was going to take either job, it would be Kentucky. But I don't think he's taking either of them. Uh, Texter, with the program and the position it's in, if you don't gamble with a mid-major guy, you need some someone proven, and it's been stated by many in the industry that this job will be the biggest opening. Yes, it will be the biggest job. It probably will get big names. But if the right mid-major guy comes along, then you, you give him an opportunity. Uh, Texter, Diener makes a good point about hiring a coach. You want to f- try to find the guy who would be good for the next 10 years, not the guy who was good the last 10 years. Yes. That's why a lot of mid-major coaches get the jobs they do. That's why Dan Hurley got hired at UConn, because you want a guy that's going to be good for the next 10 years instead of a guy who's been good for the last 10. You'd like to have both, certainly, but I Rick s- Pitino doesn't fall in your lap very often. I still remember all my buddies that are UConn fans when they hired Dan Hurley, and we hired Chris Mack. I was like, we got the better bald guy. We got the better coach. We're chilling, and... It spoke for itself. I was wrong. <laughs> Texer, we haven't mentioned Trey. I still think he's extremely important. We th- we're, there were conversations we had this year that we thought Trey Mitchell might be the most valuable player on this team because he was the most consistent guy for the longest time. Trey Mitchell's been hurt for a couple weeks, hasn't played. If they get Trey Mitchell back fully healthy, that you could argue that some of the injuries have actually been a blessing in disguise for these guys because... Now guys have had to step up. You've had to have more guys take on more responsibilities. And so now when you get Trey Mitchell back, you're a more fully formed team. Uh, Texter, it's amazing. We've minimized the two UK players who throughout the year have been mentioned as their most indispensable player, Trey Mitchell and DJ. I think Cal should rest DJ for a couple weeks to get healthy because they're going to need him at some point. 
Yeah, I could see them resting DJ. I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. But I, I think it's become pretty apparent throughout the year their most indispensable players are Reed Shepard and Antonio Reeves. Those are your two guys. Those are the most indispensable players because Antonio Reeves is the guy that stirs the drink and Reed Shepard's the guy who does a little bit of everything and plays the most minutes on the team. So those two are the most uh, indispensable guys. But you get back Trey Mitchell, you get another big guy, that helps. Uh, we'll get to break in just a moment. Texter, my buddy moved the, num- the point spread to two- 202.5 and took the under. He lost. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 202.5 and it went under. And it went over in a college basketball game, which you never see anymore. 222 points were scored in that game. Crazy. 200. Am I doing my No, no, no. I'm not doing my math. 212. I'm sorry. 212. A lot. A lot. A lot of points. <laughs> lot Bigly points. Lots of points. Uh, Texter, I'm glad we didn't get a mid-major guy in 2001. Yeah, exactly. You got Rick Patino. But that was a perfect situation. Probably not going to happen on this uh, in this coaching search. Uh, we got lots of texts about the Louisville job, and we'll get to those in just a minute. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, Rick Bozich wrote an article. Yeah, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about court storming and the just the discourse that's coming about that, which is just ridiculous. But w- before we go to break, one more guy from Kentucky I want to mention is Adu Arrow. He's been the energy guy the last three or four games or so. He's the guy that's taken the ball to the basket. I've said all year, if everybody on this team was as aggressive as Adu Arrow, they would be unstoppable. He plays with reckless abandon, which in a good way, it's a controlled way, but he he's aggressive getting to the basket. He's getting rebounds. He's a small-ish guy, but he's one of the top rebounders on this team has been a very good shooter these last couple of games. That's one of their better lineups is when Adutiero's out there as well. He's probably one of their best bench guys. This team has the talent. Nobody's ever said they don't. Uh, Texter, ESPN's first NBA mock draft had Thiero in the first round. That's wild. Yeah. I, I But Adutiero has that kind of talent. He's not going to be a first round pick. We, we, the fact that they don't have Antonio Reeves drafted at all to me is insane. I can see why he's not a first-round pick because of his age and because he doesn't really have a game that translates to the NBA. But to not get drafted at all is crazy. Uh, I know we got to get to break here. We'll talk about court storming. We'll talk about uh, the coaching search. You know, a lot of things to get into. Shane Gillis hosted Saturday Night Live, of course. V Show tradition. We got to talk about that as well. Uh, I know Tanner watched the show on Saturday. I'm sure he's got thoughts. I've got thoughts. We'll get into all that. V Show rolling on a Monday. ESPN 680 105.7. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash careanywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.
part of the show. Text Bobby V on the UPS Jobs text line at 437-9680. Texter, I think Antonio Reeves could have a Kyle Korver-type career in the NBA. I don't know about that. It's possible because, I mean, if you can shoot, you're going to have a career in the NBA. I think there's a place for him. Korver might be a bit extreme, but... He, he should have a place in the NBA, no question about it. V-Show rolling on a Monday, ESPN 680-1057. Tim Sullivan will be joining the program at 1 o'clock. We'll discuss all things uh, Kentucky, Louisville, everything around the, the world here of sports. So we'll get into that uh, in just a little bit. Do we have to talk? we got to do the Bozich article, don't we? we got to talk about it. Always. So, Rick Bozich. Oh, Rick Bozich. What, what, what can we say at this point? I mean, does Kenny have pictures on him or something? Does is there? He has to. He has got to have something. So his article is Louisville's off this weekend, but recruiting never sleeps. Kenny Payne has taken the cards, recruiting pitch up a notch, and a pair of top twenty recruits who like Payne await word on his future. I'm just going to say this: if you're waiting to see if Kenny Payne is going to be the head coach of Louisville, that sounds like a problem. You might want to go somewhere else. Because obviously your your judging of coaching is not 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 the best, not the best. But here's the thing. Here and Rick Bozich wrote this: the howling of Louisville from Louisville fans and critics remains fierce, relentless, and understandable. Suffering 47 losses in 59 games set off alarms that got louder when the Cardinals were blitzed at home by Notre Dame at home Wednesday night. I don't think the alarms got louder. I just think it's the same thing. They it, just stayed on. They just stayed. They never stopped. They might have gone a little bit louder, but they were sta- they were they were on, but they just got turned up a little bit more. <laughs> it says so. That means that Kenny Payne has not. Sur- that does not mean he has surrendered. He is not. Actually, he's taken his recruiting pitch up a notch. Well, to take your pitch up a notch, that means you have to have guys to begin with. You know how many people he has in his recruiting class next year? One. He has as many kids in the recruiting class next year as he does head as he does hair on top of his head. <laughs> None, zero, zero recruits in next year's class. Take saying you're taking it up a notch is not that's not the right words. I would say beginning because you don't have any recruits right now. It said also there's a path forward to year three on a six year contract if the administration stands behind him and he makes several changes, including his staff of assistants and support personnel. Look, guys, I'm sorry. Let's just let's call it what it is. If you want to say that last year Kenny Payne didn't have the right ingredients to have a successful team, you could make that argument. Doesn't mean you should go four and twenty eight, but you could still make the argument that he didn't have the right ingredients. He has some ingredients this year. He's got talent. We all see it. We all see it. Like the progressive commercial. We all see it. He's got guys. Brandon Hundley Hatfield can play. Tyler Johnson can play. These guys can play. At what point is it the chef's fault? It doesn't matter if you have the right ingredients in your kitchen if the chef can't cook. You can give a a good chef mediocre ingredients and they would win or they would cook a decent meal doesn't mean it's going to be a michelin star meal but it's going to be a good meal you could give the worst cook the best filet mignon you could give them the best mashed potatoes you can give them the best everything but if he can't cook it doesn't matter because the meal's going to be bad 
It's like going to a hibachi restaurant and your chef is a white guy and you're like, all right, what is going on here? Like, hold on. You're from Omaha. Uh, that's not in Japan. That's in Nebraska. Like what's going on here, man? I, I, it's, it's, it's aggravating to see the talent on the floor. Look, and the, it, the idea that you have two top 20 recruits waiting to see if Kenny Payne's going to be the head coach to me, it doesn't matter. If Kenny Payne coached the 1992 American Dream Team with Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Patrick Ewing, Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley, they probably would at best be a bubble team. We're it's, not, it's not getting bronze. I'll, we're I'll not tell getting you that. bronze. We're not going to get the bronze. But that's the problem. None of this matters. And Bozich has been writing these kind of articles all season long instead of just accepting reality. And reality is, KP, there is no excuse to have a year three. There is no, there is no reason. We all see it. We all see the product on the court. We all see the economy downtown. We all see the people aren't going to games. We all see the people aren't going to restaurants. I've lived downtown for a little over a year. There's never been any buzz for a Louisville basketball game. Not once. Because why would you have any buzz? Why would you have any hope? Uh, Texter, if the university takes a couple potential recruits into account in the decision, that's a much bigger problem. Absolutely. No decision should be made based on future. No decision should be made based on a potential recruiting class. If you're good enough, you'll get the best players. Kenny, And this was the idea that was pitched to Louisville fans when Kenny Payne became the head coach. He was supposed to have these kind of guys all wrapped up. He was supposed to get top 10 recruits. He's supposed to get top 20 recruits. That's not supposed to be a story. And there's nothing to this point that has shown me the confidence that even if he gets the right talent, that he can coach it. It's the same thing we talked about with Calipari. Calipari has all this talent. But you could argue that he's underachieved because he only, he's only won one national championship. So some, it, sometimes it doesn't matter who the head coach is. Or it doesn't matter what the talent is if the coach can't coach. Texter, when KP gets fired, I guarantee Rick will write an article about how he wasn't given time. <laughs> oh, you know that's coming. You know that's coming. But And you can tell that Rick Bozich is one of those guys, one of the few guys in the media that Kenny Payne talks to. He's given him his vision. Kenny Payne, the only time that we ever hear him talk are when he's contractually obligated to, when it's post-game after games, when it's at the podium, or in cases like this with Rick Bozich. And he's comfortable with Rick for whatever reason, and he lays out his plan. And I understand that he's got a plan, but he's also got to accept reality. Is he still at this point where... He thinks that he's getting a year three. Like, is he that naive? I don't know. Zach, I think you, Texter Zach, I think you left a better situation at Columbus. <laughs> hey, how about Jake Diebler, man? Interim coach. Two wins in the last three games. Chris Holtman, clearly uh, that showing that that was the problem. The talent has always been there at Ohio State. Now they're winning games. And if you're a Louisville fan, that's another thing that's just got to gall you. Is oh, yeah. You watch Ohio State play or watch teams with interim coaches and you can see how much harder they play. You can see the difference in their style. You can see everything. It's it's like getting a bad tumor removed. <laughs> and now you can you could just go out and play. And Jake Diebler is doing a pretty good job with Ohio State. Rosich also is talking about you know injuries. That that's another excuse that a lot of the KP fans like to use. And by the way, if you're a KP fan, you care more about KP than you do about the basketball program. You just do. He said they ranked 310th in Division One experience 
with Pomeroy's analytics website, they typically start one junior, three sophomores, and a freshman, sometimes two freshmen. That's that's the price you pay when you decide that we're gonna we're gonna be young, like I mentioned with Calipari. You don't get to play the youth excuse as far as talent is concerned, and then when it doesn't work out, you don't get to say that we're young. Pick a lane. Stay with it. And then Rick Bozich also writes the cards. Offensive and defensive efficiency, say that three times fast, has improved from the woeful performance of last season. No kidding. No kidding they're better because they have better talent. Let's Saying that this team is better than last year is like saying, I don't know, Rocky Six is better than Rocky Five. Rocky Five was by far the worst of the franchise. There was nothing redeemable about it. Saying Rocky Six, Rocky Six was a good movie, not a great movie, but it was obviously better than the disaster that was Rocky Five. Saying this Louisville team is better than last year, it's not good. It's still not good. Yes, it's better than last year, but they they couldn't be worse. They could not have been worse. Let's see here. Texter, does Bozich talk to KP or is he talking to Eves and pretending to be talking to KP? <laughs> Man. More Jerry Eves and Rick Bozich slander. I'm here for it. They Look, Eric Crawford's he, he wrote a very good article uh, throughout. Hey, he What did he talk about? He talked about just basically the standard of the program. And th- that's exactly, it, it's crazy how Eric Crawford and Rick Bozich both work for WDRB, and yet their approaches to this have been significantly different. One has decided that the standards no longer apply, and the other has decided that Louisville basketball is bigger than Kenny Payne, or bigger than any coach. The standard is a standard. And that's something that we've talked about several times on LSL. Standard's a standard. Uh, Texter, the upgrade in talent this year has been more of a condemnation. Exactly. Exactly right. Because if Kenny Payne was a good chef, a good coach, this team would be a bubble team, maybe? Or at least close to the bubble? We'd be having games that matter right now? As I mentioned, if you just, if you give them the, if you don't, if you give a bad coach great ingredients, still not going to bake a good meal. We'd be playing in a tournament in March. You'd be playing in the NIT. Uh, At least the NIT, that's what I was going to say. You'd be playing in something. Yeah. Uh, Texter, Rick Bozich could be infected. (laughs) Uh, Texter, the lack of experience is on KP. He built the... Exactly. You don't get to say, look at my team, how talented we are, and how young we are. You don't get to play that card when you're good, and then when it's not working out, you don't get to say, oh, I'm basic, our team is too young, we can't win. Calipari's won a lot of games with a young team, not as much as some Kentucky fans would like, and probably not as much as he should have, but he's never once said that experience or lack thereof is an excuse because that is a John Calipari basketball team. They're going to be young. They're going to have three or four guys that are going to be first-round draft picks in the NBA, and he accepts that, good and bad. And KP's using that as an excuse. I just do not... I don't understand it. Uh... Texter Crawford and Bozich are basically doing an ESPN debate show in print form. That's a great text. That is a great text. Which, so does that make Crawford Stephen A. Smith and Bozich uh, Skip Bayless? Who's that? What are we doing? The Crawford's right. <laughs> of course Crawford's. Stephen, like Stephen A. was usually right in the debates it's, against Skip. It's like Crawford's J.J. Reddick. Because I, I, I always agree with J.J.'s points. And he's using reasoning. Yes. J.J. likes to use reasoning. Uh, Texter, you're bound to improve after starting at rock bottom. Yep. I don't want to hear about 
being improved. Of course you are. Of course you're improved. Texter, if Kenny gets a year three, does Knox end up at Kentucky or Australia? <laughs> I, I'm thinking he's probably going to end up at Kentucky. But that's one of the guys, supposedly, that is in this conversation. of He's one of the two top 20 recruits that's waiting for Kenny Payne to for the decision to be made about Kenny Payne, about whether he's a head coach or not. Do you, ever, do you ever think Crawford just walks into the office and just like walks by Bozick's office and is like, dude, what are you doing? I would. <laughs> I would do. I would. <laughs> I mean, we do, we've done it around here before when oh, people yeah. give their takes like, what are you talking about, man? And it's not, it's not meant in a bad way or anything. It's just people disagree on things. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're waiting to see if Kenny Payne's a head coach and you're a recruit, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand that either. But I'm going to absolve the kids of that situation. And I've heard reportedly that they've been telling people that they're going to get a year three. If they get a year three, this program's dead as we know it. They're absolutely dead. They're, this is go- that's going to be worse than the death penalty. SMU had the death penalty back in the day. And they didn't play football for two years. This would potentially be worse than that. Even though SMU's never really recovered from that. But that that would be basically the death penalty self-inflicted. Texter, why is Bozich talking about year three when that's two years away? Yes, that's the other thing Bozich likes to do. He contradicts. Is it year one or is it year two? Okay, Rick, what is it? Is it year one, year two? Because he's written both in different articles. It's year, year one, or it's year two when they're winning. It's year one when they're not. Be consistent. Can, Texter, can you imagine if Kenny's brought back, there'll be absolutely no fan support? Yeah. Texter... Uh, can we get a Kenny Payne one those games in the Trump voice? Yes, Kenny Payne won those games. He won all 12 of them. We can do a top 10 and leave two off the list. He did win those games, and everyone knows it. He won them bigly. I've seen many win games, and i got to tell you, KP won all of those. He won all those <laughs> games. I wouldn't have won those games. I, actually, no, I would have won all the games. I would have won all of them. Well, speak of Trump, we'll get to Shane Gillis later. Uh, Texter, Bozich has a Major League-style voodoo clo- closest worshiping game. <laughs> Uh, Bozitz slander. Everybody, man, they are they are killing him. Texter Bozitz trying to extort Louisville and the fan base with two recruits is so funny. Yeah, if you were looking for two recruits to close out your class, that's one thing. When you're trying to find two recruits to start your recruiting class, that is non-existent. Two top twenty players are not saving your program. It's, it's almost March. It is almost March. And it's we're almost March. Just starting to recruit. Yeah, oh it'll be March God. on Friday, which is kind of crazy to think about. Payday. Payday. Uh, KP, texter, if KP gets a year three, I will never turn off ESPN 680, not even at 3 a.m. <laughs> oh boy, 3 a.m. When uh, Patrick gets the cheeseburger, he's like, who wants a Krabby Patty at 3 in the morning? Oh boy, 3 a.m. <laughs> texter, I've been saying this for months, but I think Kenny's going to get in year three, but will be forced to make assistant coaches changes. I'll never turn as a fan if this happens, by the way. He he laughed I'm last right year. Behind that guy, he laughed last year when the, the question was asked about should he replace his assistants. Do you re- are you really that confident that he's going to do it now? I'm not. I'm not confident in anything. Yeah, yeah, I said it. I'm not confident in anything that KP wants to do. Guys, we doubled our wins. We doubled our wins. <laughs> hey, that means in, next year we're going to win 16, and then the year after that they're going to win 32. So I guess. You know, give it two more years, and they're going to be one of the best programs Ugh. in the country. Uh, we got to get to break. Tim Sullivan joining us uh, after the break on the V Show here on ESPN 680 1057.